0: Love Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome to our program today. My name is Ellie Nieves, and I'm a speaker, a writer, and a leadership coach. I'm also the founder and president of Leadership Strategies for Women, where I coach women just like you to help you develop the confidence and leadership skills that you need to achieve your best in every area of your life. To learn more about Leadership Strategies for Women, you can visit my webpage at www. Thatleadershipstrategiesforwomen.com, and while you're there, you can sign up for my free monthly newsletter, and you'll receive seven leadership strategies for success in life and business. It's my pleasure also to invite you to this year's Divine Design Weekend 09. Do you long for a life of greater significance, is your life mismatched with your dreams, passions, and goals, then maybe it's time for a change. Take the time to relax, reflect, and redirect your steps in an inspired path specifically designed for you. This year's Divine Design Weekend will take place at the Golden Inn in Avalon, New Jersey, at a wonderful resort spa on the beach, October 16th through the 18th. If you're interested in registering, you can go to www.divinedesign09.eventbrite.com. Again, that's www divinedesign 09eventbrite that and that's spelled E-V-E-N-T-B-R-I-T-E, .com, and you can get more information and you can register right online. So the topic of our show today is winning in a man's world. Uh, are you a new hire trying to start off on the right foot or a woman working in a male-dominated environment? Maybe you're a man working with a woman or a person whose career has stalled. Perhaps you're a working parent trying to have it all or just a person whose great ideas are ignored. Well, our guest today is Rini Weissman. Rini chartered new territory as one of the first women engineers, managers, and working mothers in the microelectronics division of IBM. Over her 40 years in education and industry, she learned to make gender differences work for her. And taught employees and employers how to capitalize on themselves as well. She is a frequent speaker at corporations and conferences around the United States. Rini, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you very much. A pleasure to be here.
1: It's wonderful to have you on, Rini. Good. be on a Saturday morning.
2: Bright <laughs> and early.
1: So, Rini, tell us about your background.
2: Well, my background, as, as you mentioned previously, is I'm an engineer, and I joined IBM 40 years ago into an area that had about 400 male en- engineers and me. Wow. So during that career, which at the end I had reached the highest technical level you can in IBM, distinguished engineer, and I was also an executive and director of engineering, I really learned that working with men is different than working with women and that there were certain things that I could do to be more effective. And I learned them the hard way, Um, but I did learn them. And as time went on, more and more people were coming to me for advice, and they would walk out the door and say, boy, that was really good advice. So I started saying, I have to share this with people. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Then my children went to work. And they were having similar issues, and they were calling me for advice, and I would give it to them, and it would work for them. And Mm -hmm. they would say, Mom, you've got to write this down. So eventually I said, okay, I'm going to try. I put down the first chapter, and it seemed like, wow, this is really going well. So I Mm -hmm. went ahead and wrote it down. And before I knew it, many people were starting to use the book to help them with the issues that I had dealt with over those 40 years. Wow. So it really is a compilation of real-life issues that I answered and helped people through in in those career and post-career times.
1: That's wonderful, and I think especially because we've got so many people who have had rich experiences in their lives, and they never stop to think that other people could benefit from their experience if they put it in a written form. Right. So I, and I have you're... to say,
2: it wasn't the easiest thing. It took me three years, but uh, it takes a little bit of effort to keep on going. But as a scientist, I tried to write it in a way that applied the basic scientific principles that I've always followed. So by doing that, I think it helps the reader walk through the steps and do it themselves. You know, as a scientist, when mm-hmm. you have a problem, you identify it, and then you analyze it, and then you implement answers and test those solutions Mm -hmm. and what I try to do with every personal business technical relationship problem is apply those same principles walk the reader through doing that and help them figure out how to answer it for themselves and it works and it's amazing when I take a principle that you would use to solve a deep technical problem and apply it to dealing with a, a difficult person and amazingly it works.
1: Great. Now, is it still a man's world, Rini?
2: You know, that's an interesting question because in many ways women have made such great strides. In the last 30, 40 years, we've come from, you know, occasionally being there to being a real presence. But if you look at the very top, take a look at the Fortune 500s, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: 97% of the CEOs are men. Mm
0: -hmm. So
2: at the top... Yeah, I think it still is a man's world. And in my discipline, which is engineering, Mm -hmm. for varying reasons, women tend to shy away from it, and a really great population in a company or in a college for engineering students is only about 20% female. So we haven't found that equity in all of the disciplines and certainly not at the top. Mm
1: -hmm. And
2: it's getting better, but Mm -hmm. I would have hoped we'd be a lot further than we are today.
1: And what do you think is getting in the way of that?
2: I think it's a lot of issues. In many ways, it's the women themselves. Um, A lot of what I put in the book are the things that hold us back. Some of it is our inability to brag about things we do and share our accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Some of it is waiting to be tapped on the shoulder instead of letting people know what we want. Some of it is that we are conflicted because we have family and other things, and we're not sure what our priorities are. And some of it is the biases that are out there. I think they're much less today, and they're more subtle today, but there still are biases out there that think women can't do something. And... I've had males in my career, male managers make decisions that didn't even tell me about a job opportunity because they felt I wouldn't be willing to move or I wouldn't be wanting something like that.
0: And mm-hmm.
2: you have to let your manager know that you want to hear about every opportunity. It's your choice, not theirs. Right. So to some degree, we do it to ourselves. To some degree, it's out there. And Eventually, I think it will happen, but it seems like we're just stuck right near the top.
1: So, Renee, you uh, you used an interesting word. You said that women don't like to brag about themselves, and I definitely see that in my coaching. That's one of the things I coach women on is on how to self-promote, and that's the one thing that they always say, oh, but I don't want to sound like I'm bragging and all that. What is your advice for women who feel like they can't do it or that it would be wrong a brag and is it really
2: bragging no it's not bragging you know there's a story i always tell i think everybody heard this in school which is if a tree falls in the forest Mm
0: -hmm. and there's
2: no one there to hear it did it really make a sound Mm
0: -hmm. well
2: i always tell someone who comes to me for advice if you did a really terrific job and no one knows it did you really do a good job right and so one of the first things you need to do is figure out how to tell people you've done a good job. Mm-hmm. Now, that could just be an email announcing something you did. That could be bringing it in as a presentation at some meeting where other people are present that could be a press release if you're doing something for example in in government or some other way that could be any one of the normal measurement opportunities and visibility opportunities that exist in business but bring it in and be the one to show it because usually the messenger gets associated with the information Mm
0: -hmm.
2: so it's, it's not hard you don't have to say I did this, you have to go in there and say, look at these great results. Right. And then people will recognize that you were the creator of those great results. So it's not hard, but you have to do it. And you cannot assume someone knows what you're working on.
0: Exactly. So
2: often somebody will say, well, they didn't know I was doing it. And I'd say, well, did you tell them? Mm Mm-hmm. Very simple, but so hard for women to do. Mm -hmm. The other thing is they sit and they wait for someone to tell them, I've got an opportunity for you.
0: Mm-hmm. One
2: one of my earliest um, experiences in mentoring,
0: mm-hmm. uh, because I was
2: approachable, I used to mentor many, many people at IBM, and I would get both young engineers male and young engineers female. And they would come in and they would ask me, you know, about careers. And a question I would always ask them is, where do you want to be in five years? Mm-hmm. The females invariably would say something like, I want to be working in something that's challenging and I'm adding value to the company. Mm-hmm. The men would look at me straight in the eye and say, I want your job. How can I get it? <laughs> and I think that really says it all. If you're waiting for someone to tell you where to go next, if you're waiting to be recognized, it's not going to happen. You have to decide where you want to go.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
2: you can get there. But women tend to think that they have to be asked instead of asking themselves. And they tend to think they have to be perfect and have to have all the skills required before they take on a job. Uh, One of the things I always tell women is say yes and then figure out how to do it. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Because if you know how to do it in advance, then it's probably something you've already been doing and you're not going to grow.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: but so often you know there'll be a job out there and they'll say well I'm not experienced enough for that job and I'll say you can't get it, be experienced enough for the job until you've had the job so go take it and learn on the job okay. so it's it's some of the hesitancy desire to be perfect that we as women Put on ourselves that, that keeps us back, and one of the things I try to do is have people look at themselves and really analyze what do I want mm-hmm. and am i am I expecting it fast enough?
0: Mm-hmm. you know there's this
2: whole thing about smart goals right. uh, and I add your goals have to have smarts because one of the things women do is we don't really ask for things fast enough, and I mm-hmm. say, benchmark yourself against the fast moving male. Mm-hmm. You can move as fast, if not faster.
1: Right. Ask for it. Especially because women have this unique ability to multitask.
2: Exactly. We're very good at doing many different things. Mm -hmm. But we're also very good at multitasking and avoiding the issue to help ourselves get better.
0: Right.
2: It's amazing. I used to tell um, people that I would mentor to take an hour a week, just one hour a week, and work on your career. Mm -hmm. Take a Friday afternoon and sit down and write some of the things you've done for your career. Write some Mm -hmm. of the things you want to do next, and let's talk about it the next time we get together. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: The men would do it, and the women invariably were way too busy.
0: Right.
1: (laughs) So
2: find the time to work on your career It's every bit as important as working on the the job.
1: Yeah, they're probably doing the work that the men left behind while they were talking to you. (laughs) It could be. That could be.
2: And and the other thing they're doing is they're perfecting it.
0: Uh You know, this
2: is the other thing I also advise a lot about is that we as women want it to be perfect.
0: Mm -hmm. And
2: so we'll redo it and redo it and redo it and probably the second redo was per, was perfectly good enough but they feel like oh I could do it better I could do it better and so we delay how long it is till we announce something new we've done and we also uh waste time trying to make something perfect when it was perfectly good enough and the the guys are much better at you know I got the point across you know what I want now let's go figure out how to do
1: it right
2: so right don't try to be perfect. Just be good enough.
1: Yeah. So, Rini, in your book, Winning in a Man's World, you uh, offer advice for women who want to succeed and men who want to work with them. Right. And there are lots of books about men and women in business. What's different about your book?
2: Well, I think the biggest difference is it comes from a scientist, and it comes from someone who's lived it. I think there are a lot of people talk about how to succeed in business, who really never did it, Mm -hmm. who um, are experts in psychology, are experts in some marketing or sales thing, but they haven't lived the world. Mm -hmm. I lived it. And the second part, which we talked about before a little bit, is that because I am a scientist, I did it in a way that would be just like solving a problem in the lab, Go ask yourself these questions. Go do this. Write this down. Follow these steps. And now, what did it teach you so that you can go ahead and try it out? And a lot of books just talk about what you should do instead of telling you how to do it. I think Mm -hmm. my book does a lot more of guiding you in how to take those steps. Mm -hmm. It teaches you, for example, if you're dealing with a difficult person, things to ask yourself as to whether you should or shouldn't confront that person
0: mm-hmm. so that
2: you can decide to go ahead and if you do confront go through these steps to be ready for that confrontation
0: mm-hmm. so
2: it's, it's that type of thing that i think i bring to the table that you don't get in every self-help book out there
1: Great. now we do have some callers on the line and i just want to remind you if you have a question for Rini, please press one and i'll bring you on air so that you can ask her your question and your other uh, option is to go onto blogtalkradio.com, and if you uh, log on to our show page, you can uh, drop us a question via our chat room. So, Rini, uh you have some great title chapter uh, chapter titles in your book, and uh, one of the chapters is entitled "Can You Hear Me Now." Do you think that women have a problem being heard?
2: Oh, absolutely. You know, the first thing we do is we talk too much, and there's a point at which you need to learn to, I've said it, sit down and shut up. Mm -hmm. And if you see that you're giving a presentation and everybody is looking at their laptops, you've lost your audience, so it's time to not talk anymore. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, Another
2: thing we don't do well is we don't know how to net things well. Mm -hmm. Get to the point. You know, people don't want to hear all the reasons. They just want to know the key point you're after. Uh, I remember years ago, Lou Gerstner, who was CEO of IBM, said, if you're coming in to see me, whatever you've got to say, you put on two charts. Mm -hmm. If you can't net it down to two charts, you don't know your topic. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And it's very critical to be able to say things in a few words. Another thing that I find women do all the time is we either apologize or we are very tentative. Mm
0: -hmm. We'll say,
2: I think we should try this. Mm -hmm. Instead of, we should try this, or let's go after such and such, but maybe we should. You know, the minute you become tentative yourself, people don't think you know your topic. People don't think you're confident. Get rid of the I think and the I believes and the buts and all of those things that take away from communicating effectively. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Another thing is know if they're listening. Right. Sometimes I would get up to present. And especially today, we all multitask. We all have laptops in front of us and And, and everybody's watching their laptop. Uh So I'll get up in the front of the room and I just stand there. And eventually they'll look up and say, well, you can start. And I'll say, yeah, I'll start when you're ready. Are you all ready to listen to me? And then they'd listen and and if you've got an interesting thing you're talking about, you've got their attention, and you have to mm-hmm. get it right away, mm-hmm. so it's capture their attention, it's say it in a few words, it's say it like you mean it,
0: mm-hmm.
2: right those are the key things, and we women tend to not do that enough
1: mm-hmm. and I think that's a that's a great point and um You know, laptops and Blackberries are just huge now. I mean, everybody sits, you can't sit in a meeting. Everybody's attention span is so short. They're constantly, what, twittering, texting, emailing in the middle of a meeting. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important, especially when women are giving presentations, that they establish their presence early on in the presentation.
0: A hundred
2: percent
1: agree. At the very beginning. Yeah, as opposed to, okay, I see already that I've already lost them before I've even engaged them.
2: Right. The other thing. Uh-huh. What don't put everything on the chart just enough to help you talk
0: Mm -hmm. for
2: two reasons. Number one, you don't want them reading it. So if all they see are a few words that are going to help you tell your story, Mm
0: -hmm. they
2: have to listen to you.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: If you put the whole thing up there and you read it, well, they can read faster than you speak. Mm
0: -hmm. So they're
2: way ahead of you. And, in fact, if you're on a conference call, they're going to be seven charts ahead of you and they don't really want to listen to what you have to say Mm -hmm. so when i teach how to give a presentation you put very little on the chart the chart is really to capture some attention and to help guide you in what you want to say for that page. But don't put a lot of words and don't put a lot of things that somebody could just walk away with, which is exactly the opposite of what a lot of schools teach you. Mm-hmm. School teach you that a chart should be something that anybody could pick up and speak to.
1: Right.
2: Well, that may be if you're trying to teach something, but that's not the case if you're trying to show your accomplishments.
1: Right. And you make a great point in your book when you talk about that reading slides really does insult your listeners.
2: Right. It and is that insulting. you should
1: really be prepared to offer your presentation without sitting there reading your slides.
2: Right. If you can read it all, then why don't you just send it and not show up?
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway.
1: Right. So you have another chapter that's entitled, Some Leaders Are Born Women. Do women make better leaders?
2: I I don't know if I'd use the word better, but they're a different style. And I'm a great believer that you should have many different styles of leaders in companies because people respond to different types.
0: Mm-hmm. I also
2: am a believer that you have to change your own leadership style depending upon the situation and the individual you're working with. Mm-hmm. All that being said, I think women are more affiliative. Women are more, in general, approachable women are more, more team builders
0: mm-hmm. and help
2: get the best out of everyone because they feel less threatened in trying.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Sometimes that's not good, but a lot of times that's really needed. And I think in many situations you can get more out of people by letting them know that you're behind them, you're facilitating, you trust in them, you believe in them, than by telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. And so I do think our le- leadership style is very helpful. But you also have to remember there are times you have to step up and tell people this is what's got to be done, and there's no two ways about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So now one of the chapters is also called uh, I Wish I Had a Wife. <laughs> <laughs> what is that about?
2: <laughs> oh, my goodness. You know, that was one of the things some days when it just got to be too much. I had two children. Um, and I raised them without a full-time nanny, and my husband was very supportive. But as every woman knows, there are days that you are making choices all the time. And sometimes I would come home and I would say, God, I wish I have a, had a wife, because <laughs> there are just so many things that weren't getting done or needed to be taken care of, and it was intense. But the point of the chapter is really twofold. First, I talk about what I call balancing the guilt. Mm -hmm. Anybody who has a family and works a very intense job is going to feel guilty. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: as much as I'd like to say that's not going to exist, my daughter gets upset when I say it's going to exist because she said it shouldn't have to. But yes, I do feel guilty. Mm
0: -hmm. Everyone
2: who has that life feels guilty, either because you had to leave work too soon and there's a problem, or because you didn't attend something in your children's life because you were tied up at work, or you name it, or you didn't get to take care of this thing. Um, There's always something. And so to me, I talk about balancing the guilt, because you're going to have guilt in everything, but if it's all in one type, like if you're only feeling guilty about the family, maybe you're spending too much time. Focused on the job. If you're feeling guilty about both, you probably got it right. So I talk about how to balance that. And then I also talk about things that worked for me relative to organizing and what things I handled, what things I gave to the kids, delegating and doing things that you do in the office, how to do some of that at home. So, hence the title. Wow.
1: So, Reni, Behind Every Successful Woman is a Good Man.
2: Mm hmm.
1: Who's the man behind
2: your success? You know, there were many, but I have to say the the biggest one was my husband. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is that he encouraged me to keep on trying to go for it and would step up, maybe not perfectly, but would step up to things that he had to do with the family and the kids so that I could go ahead and make the best of my career. And he was also there was a competition a little bit between us. Mm
0: -hmm. And so
2: when I talk about speed and benchmarking yourself against the fast-tracking man, Mm -hmm. to some degree, I pushed his career and he pushed my career by the two of us trying to move ahead. Mm -hmm. He became a manager after I did, but he did it because he saw I was doing it and enjoying it. Mm -hmm. And initially, he never thought he was going to. And he moved into different things, and I would see that, and I'd say, Wow, you know, I could do that. Or the first time I I went to my boss and asked for a raise, oh, my God, I was, you know, ooh. And he was right there helping me in all the reasons that you deserve it. Go in there and, you know, be brave and go do that. Um, Things like that, he was always behind. So I guess he was one. But there were also many people in my career who, I guess, in the days when I was the only woman, were willing to take the chance and give me that job. And it wasn't just a show job. Uh, You know, I remember the the third-line manager who put me in my first managerial job saying, everybody's going to be watching you, Mm -hmm. so you better be good. But, I mean, that was a heavy load, but you also felt I could be good. And there were many of those along the way who took risks for me, who put me in jobs that actually had – Uh, profit and technical results and deliverables so that I could show what I was really worth Mm -hmm. and those are the people you want to work with whether they're male or female but you can't be an island in and of yourself Mm -hmm. you need a support group whoever that is and that support group should be one that will encourage you to go for everything you can possibly be Mm
1: -hmm. now uh, we we have four minutes but there were at least Two other questions I want to ask you about. You mentioned a great thing when you said about uh, how your husband encouraged you to go in and negotiate uh, your salary. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I love to coach women on. It's about negotiating. You should always negotiate. And Absolutely. you have a chapter that's entitled, Dare I Ask, Negotiating for Yourself. Do mm-hmm. you find that women are afraid to ask? Oh,
2: yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we, in
1: Actually, I'm not even sure if I use
2: the word afraid. I don't think it occurs to them. Mm -hmm. It's even further back than getting the fear of asking. It's, you know, I'm working. I'm doing my job. I'm not thinking about all these other things. That first raise that I went in and asked for Mm -hmm. was probably the reason I felt I needed to go ask for it was because my husband was bugging me. I was underpaid, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: not because I recognized that I wasn't getting enough. But what was interesting was when I went in, I had it was an interesting story because I that year, which was my really first 18 months actually in the business, I had had four different managers.
0: Mm-hmm. So
2: the managers really had not taken the time to look at my salary.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So when I went in and I talked to my boss at the time, and he said, you know, how are you doing? And I said, oh, everything's great, blah, 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 except there's one thing. I really think I'm underpaid. Mm -hmm. And he took a look at what I was paid, and you could see his face go, oh, you know, he was in shock. Mm
0: -hmm. I got a
2: raise the next week. Mm -hmm. Three months later, I got another raise and a promotion, And a year later, I got another promotion. And I really believe it's because they recognized I was at too low a level for what I was doing. And I'm convinced if I hadn't gone in, I would never have gotten at least two of those three. But honestly, it wasn't so much I was afraid initially. It was it didn't occur to me. When it did occur to me, then I was afraid. And he pushed me to go do it. And then when I did it, I realized, you know what? This isn't so hard. Mm-hmm. I can do this. And, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, look at what the results that came in. And if I didn't ask, I wouldn't have gotten it. So you have to ask. You, ha- you have to think about why not ask. What's the worst thing that can happen?
1: Right. They say
2: no. Well, then I'm in the same place.
1: Exactly. And that's really what it's about. It's not just about getting turned down. It's about what the, uh, what the outcome is. And exactly. we're down to about 90 seconds on the show. So I want to give you an opportunity to... Uh, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you and how they can find your book.
2: Okay, the, the easiest thing is to you can email me at winningatwork at, at gmail dot com. That's one long word, winningatwork at, at gmail dot com, and my website is wwwwinning winning at work. I'm sorry, winning dash at dash work dot net okay no no at sign just winning dash dash work.net
1: now you have several speaking engagements coming up uh will our listeners be able to see your calendar online um
2: well most of my engagements are with companies mm-hmm. so they're not as open to the public but you can go and i do have printed some i do do a few that are open to the public um, I will be doing one in Westchester in December, and I will be, hmm, actually I'll be doing possibly one in September, but the majority of the ones I have, and I have several coming up, are for companies or for private organizations, so uh, I will publish the ones that are um out there for people. And as I say, I'm going to be doing one in Westchester in December that is open to the public.
1: Great. Well, Rini, thank you so much for coming to the show. This has been a wonderful conversation, especially very early on a Saturday morning. You've been very (laughs) gracious to get up this early, and I appreciate your time.
2: Well, I thank you very much, and I really enjoy talking to you, and I hope this helps people.
1: Absolutely. And to all my listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard today, you can definitely drop me a line on Facebook and let me know what you thought. And when you get a moment this week, you can check out uh, my webpage on Leadership Development for Women, and you can find out more about my programs at www.leadershipstrategiesforwomen.com. Again, thank you all for tuning in, and until next week, God bless. Rini, thank you so much. Thank you. You were fabulous.
2: Well, thank you. It was
1: fun. Good. You know, it's
2: amazing how once you get into it, it just sort of flows. You know, that's why you really can't pre-think about what you're going to say. You just have to go forward and do it. Okay. Okay. um, Uh I'm going to go listen and see how it sounds.
1: Okay, fabulous. All
2: right. Um, Now, relative to anything else between us, when things calm down, Let's chat about ways we could maybe work together on some things that you know maybe I could help you, you can help me. And we get our word across, but Absolutely. I know your life is insane right now.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the one thing I want, I definitely want to do is, um, I think you're a great, you're a great guest, and I've had a couple of other guests in the past who are very great on the, in this kind of topic. And there's one gentleman in particular, his name is Miguel De Jesus, that I've had on the show. I actually want to bring him on the show, and I'm thinking of having more like a roundtable discussion and uh, maybe we could do something from a male perspective and something from a woman's perspective.
2: Oh, that would be fun. That would be a and lot And maybe of fun. I'll
1: make it a little longer. Maybe I'll make it a one-hour show, because I think mm-hmm. in 10, I think 30 minutes will be enough.
2: Right. Well, that sounds great.
1: Great. Well, thank you so much, Rini, and definitely uh, hopefully the next uh, couple of months when things uh, if they think if things slow down for me. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely get something going.
2: Very good. Thanks a lot, Ellie. And Thanks it'll be up, weekend. like, right now or if I went to yeah, book? Yeah, in the next.
1: If it's not up now, it should be up in the next several seconds, but it's it's easy to go back in there and just access it. Have you checked the show page yet? No, I'm going to go do that right now. Okay, perfect. If you have any issues, just give me a call, and I'll walk you through it. Okay, very good. Okay. Thanks a lot. All right, Bye. bye-bye.